Hello and welcome to the Student Council Podcast, an educational advice show made for students and by students, where everyone is qualified to talk about their own experiences. My name is Carter Dvorak, and today I am so excited to be joined by the team behind Compass Health, that is Kishore, Aparna, and Grant. Welcome all three of you. Thank you so much for coming on. Before we get into anything, I'd love to hear what have been your favorite five minutes of the past week. Ooh, I like this. Oh, I got one. It is Compass related. So I think we'll, we'll kind of talk about Compass in a minute, obviously, right? But a big thing that we're trying to do as part of the platform is kind of collaborate closely with the university. Um, So I got an email like a week or two weeks ago um, about a conference on campus. It was called the Depression on College Campuses Conference. It's like the most depressing conference name. Um, And I was like looking into it. And a lot of the people that are kind of involved with, you know, guiding student life at Michigan um, and kind of like mental health resource access, you know, we're going to be there and they were going to be speaking. Right. Um, I also happen to be very interested in this type of thing again even though it sounds depressing which you know part of it was but um you know yeah so I, I went to the conference this week um you know and one of the people that we've really been trying to get in touch with um you know was kind of you know giving the keynote speech I was in the very front row was like one of like five students there um it, it was very like pro, you know businessy type of conference right it's just a bunch of administration um, administrators from across the country like convening to talk about this right um and I kind of ambushed her as she was getting off stage and kind of got to talk to her for five minutes or five five or so minutes, um, kind of telling her about Compass, kind of, um, you know, hearing about what she thinks, you know, the state of the university is in terms of mental health access. Um, and yeah, no, it was a great surprise because I, I didn't think she would actually, I thought she would like go behind stage to like some like reclusive room. Like I didn't know she was actually just going to like go back and sit in her seat. So um, not, that, that was it. That was a fun moment this week. I, I'm glad I got to talk to her. That's awesome. I'm really glad that that got to happen. It sounds like a very fascinating conference, if not a little bit depressing, but definitely had probably had a lot of really interesting stuff i was into it i I feel like many other people would probably be falling asleep i did see one person fall asleep you know during the keynote but um you know most everyone there was like very again passionate about you know kind of helping students figure out their mental health during a very crucial period of their time right so i got to meet some amazing people while i was there and i'm glad they made it open to students as well i thought that was very nice of them yeah that's a great thing to have as open to students for sure anybody else have any big things from the week that they want to talk about i can leave this up briefly i mean you know also kind of compass related uh, you know, one thing we're doing now that we have our initial platform out and we have some engagement is we're trying to see, you know, what can we do to go a little bit above and beyond um, when it comes to some of the features on our website. Um, so I, I'm sure you've heard a lot of the hype about like Chad GPT and all this. Um, for the first time, I was actually able to look at it from a kind of more computer science slash development standpoint. And, you know, obviously it's all it's all in the pipeline right now, but just the ability to kind of play around and explore um, and try and see like, how can we use this cutting edge technology? Can we use this cutting edge technology in our platform? Um, and, you know, how do we go about doing that? How the mechanics like i was able to build a, a small prototype that um helped us answer some questions so i thought that was really fascinating it's you know as they say it's like nowadays you know if you want to build a car you start by like assembling the pieces together you don't start by mining your own metal a lot of the cs classes that we take in college it's like yeah they teach you how to mine the metal and then like smelt it and then put it together blah 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 and then you finally have a car but um when you're coding on your own you can kind of just uh bang things together and kind of hope for the best and, and i think you can get like a bit of like leapfrog results um so that was you know obviously it took a little bit more than five minutes i will admit um, but at least the result, which probably took around five minutes, was I, I thought it was pretty electric. That's incredible. That's so cool. Compass GPT. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say for my, me, it was probably similar to Grant. I got to attend the Global Health Equity Conference and got to meet um, Dr. Tedros, the director of the general director of the World Health Organization. So that was definitely the highlight of the week for sure. That's amazing. That's such a cool opportunity. Wow. You get to shake his hand, right, Aparna? Yes. <laughs> That is crazy. That is crazy. That is so, so cool. Yeah. Now, I'm really excited to get into Compass, and you all seem super passionate about that. I want to first just kind of get a little bit of background, hear about all of your kind of college experiences here at University of Michigan. So what are you all kind of studying now? What are your plans either kind of post-graduation, and how has your years gone so far? Yeah, so I can start here. Um, I am studying computer science. I'm a senior this year, which is like terrifying to say out loud. Um, and I've been very passionate about healthcare since the start of my college career. I originally wanted to be a doctor. Um, and then I took a bit organic chemistry and absolutely hated it. And I was like, if organic chemistry is the one thing between me and going to medical school, then I really shouldn't be a doctor. Right. Um, which is like a very classic, like Michigan freshman thing to do. Um, so figured I didn't want to do that, right? Had a very windy path that led to computer science after that. And, you know, kind of got into computer science because I wanted to make an impact in healthcare from a systems perspective, right? I feel like technology is a fantastic way to do that, right? If you're careful with it. 
Um, so that's kind of, you know, a little bit about my like academic background at Michigan so far. Um, you know, kind of met these two people right here um, through an organization we were in called Blueprints for Pangea, which takes excess medical supplies from U.S. hospitals and ships them overseas, right? Um, so got to, you know, that was a great place to meet a lot of other people that were passionate about healthcare, right? Um, and then, you know, when I, you know, when I was kind of thinking about this idea about a year and a half ago, you know, I couldn't think of two better people to loop in, right? Um, in terms of what I'm doing after college, I will be working at a small healthcare startup um, in Manhattan. So super excited about that. Yeah, that's so exciting. That's a really great story. It's really cool. I did not hear, I had not known about that Blue Pants or Pangea Club before, but that seems like a really awesome initiative. Yes, also check that out. Um, you know, I, I was in leadership for a better part of my college career. Um, and the things we do there are, are amazing. And I, I think we like get to have kind of a scary amount of impact for college students. You know, we're at, they're actually running an, you know, a functioning nonprofit. Um, and like given a level of responsibility that is kind of terrifying for a bunch of 19, 20, 21 year olds, right? Um, still get to have a lot of impact and, you know, surrounded by amazing people. So definitely check that out too. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll link, I'll link in the show notes for sure for anybody curious about that. I just want to echo off for one thing that Grant said, which is what I would call like irresponsible amounts of responsibility. And I think the like the key is to like how I've, I've kind of led my college career. Um, that's the little fruits that I have been able to procure, you know, that's it's I think it, it all comes from that. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, I wish I was able to be in, in blueprint, uh, in uh, leadership and blueprints, you know, it's a really awesome organization. Um, and I was able to meet these two great people. But you know, my, my path is a little bit different. I study industrial engineering and data science here. Um, reasons are, you know, again, it was a winding path. And I don't no, no reason to get like too into the nitty gritty details as to why why those two things in particular. Um, but anyway, you know, I've been able those two degrees have been able to afford me, I think, a, a good amount of experience in, in different fields, everything from, you know, uh, software engineering to manufacturing to to procurement to data science so it's I've, I've been able to run the gamut in terms of experiences which is cool and then full-time i'm going into consulting and that's because i think you know of all the different experiences that i've had you know and the, the ones that i enjoyed the most the the number one thing that i was attracted to was the strategy behind whatever we we're doing implementation was fine you know i could do it I, I enjoyed it um but what got me up in the morning was the strategy and the approach i know that consultants especially strategy consultants and i'm getting into strategy consulting you know that's what we're literally paid to do for a living um so it seemed like the natural next step and additionally, you know, I always think that life's about learning. And early on in the career, I, I just wanted a place that was relatively safe um, for me to learn a lot about a couple of industries that I'm interested in. And consulting just seemed like the natural next step. Um, but at a high level, that's that's a little bit about me. Yeah, funny thing there, you know, Keish said, you know, life is very much about learning. I, I think he's literally the physical manifestation of that. The first time I actually met him was in Mary Markley Hall. He had a drink in one hand and the Wall Street Journal in another. And I was like, this is an interesting person. Um, and then kind of the rest is history, right? Um, you know, point is, though, he, he took it literally, <laughs> which I think is amazing, right? You know, because I, I think, you know, college is definitely the time for that. Um, and it shouldn't have to stop at college either, right? Um, but yeah, that's incredible. That's that's a wonderful beating story for sure. <laughs> um, for me, I would say um, I kind of jumped around a lot freshman year as well. And it was actually Kishore that I had this conversation with in Blueprints for some kind of Blueprints social that we had virtually during COVID. Um, and he, I was like, thinking about like data science or some kind of like technical um, approach to healthcare and eventually talking and doing blueprints a little bit more and talking to different people and learning. Um, I eventually realized that public health might be better for me. Um, and so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm in the School of Public Health. I'm a junior studying community and global public health. And it's a perfect balance with like the technical side of things and also like the social justice approach. And after college, I'm hoping to go to med school. So that's the trajectory. That's so exciting. I, I like, I feel like I haven't talked to as many people in School of Public Health here, but it's really cool that you're involved in that. And it seems like it's a very multifaceted place, which is awesome. Awesome. Yes, it definitely is. Yeah. Now, I'd love to talk about the initiative of the hour, Compass Health. I'm super curious if you guys kind of want to talk about what Compass is, how did you really start it, and kind of what were each of your roles in creating this really, really cool thing? Yeah, I, I can talk about a little bit how it started and then kind of talk about the little product. And then maybe each of us can get into, you know, kind of our roles at Compass. But, um, you know, there the funny thing about how it started is I was literally sitting in my living room one day, um, like watching TV. I think this was during COVID too, if I remember correctly. Um, and one of our friends bursts in the door, like absolutely burst in the door like huffing and puffing and is like holding up his arm which is like clearly broken um and i'm like hello what are you doing what, what's going on here um and he's like listen dude i i broke my arm you know i i'm not sure you know what to do and i was like what you should have done is go anywhere but my house why are you here 
And he basically said, I did not know where else to go, which, you know, kind of put a light bulb in my head, right? Um, you know, and though, you know, this is a very simplistic kind of part, you know, kind of view of the problem on campus, but it made me realize that, you know, students really struggle to find healthcare on campus when they're not feeling their best, right? Um, this kind of made me reflect on my own healthcare journey at Michigan too. You know, I'm constantly sick, unfortunately, especially freshman year. Um, you know, and kind of, you know, getting those appointments to the UHS was kind of difficult. I wasn't sure if it was the best place to go. Um, you know, I sought therapy for the first time after COVID and like really struggled to find a, you know, a therapist on campus right at the end of the school year, um, which again was very frustrating, especially as someone that was kind of scared to seek therapy for the first time, right? It kind of made me think about all these things and kind of start to get the wheels turning on what a solution could be, right? Um, so I, you know, I talked to Kishore about the idea when it was definitely just in the ideas phase. Um, and he absolutely, you know, it absolutely, you know, ruminated with him because he'd had kind of similar experiences with health, right? Um, you know, and kind of the rest is history and we brought in a partner as we grew, right? Um, what the product is, um, is kind of compiling all of the healthcare resources on campus into one searchable, filterable, kind of discoverable platform, right? Um, so with our platform, you can easily search and filter through, you know, these endless options for healthcare on campus um, to find the perfect fit for you, Right. Um, you know, and I, I think that's the kind of the key part, because I feel like there's not currently a central repository of this information on campus, which is a shame because a lot of these resources, you know, are fantastic resources that are actually completely free of charge for students, right? Um, and, you know, kind of the current scheme of things is for, from a student's perspective is, okay, I'm really struggling to find care. You know, I don't really feel like going through the rigmarole of going through all these 15 different university websites to find, you know, what the res best resource would be for me, right? Um, you know, so what I'm going to do is probably just go to UHS, probably going to just go to CAPS, go to urgent care, or even worse off, not seek care at all, because, you know, it's just too much of a hassle, right? Um, even if those four options are not the best fit for care and there might be a better one, right? So that's kind of, you know, again, a little bit about how Compass was started, um, you know, a little bit about kind of the problem we're trying to solve and kind of, the, you know, a little bit about the product itself. Yeah, it's such a great website and such a great initiative. And it's, you know, it's funny, you were talking about reflecting on like your experience with being sick freshman year of, of college. I can very much talk about that and how I think like, I think the first week of every month up until February, I had some level of cold or viral illness and so when I heard about Compass and I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely much needed and a great resource. So I was just super excited to hear about it and so excited to talk to you all more about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Glad it, you know, kind of ruminates with you as well. Uh, maybe we can kind of talk about each of us, you know, kind of what we do at Compass. Maybe that'll be a good idea. You know, um, I can start. I kind of handle all of the engineering type of stuff, um, you know, so kind of the design, the platform, you know, making sure the wheels keep turning behind the scenes, right? Um, and kind of help with a little bit of everything else here and there, right? Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about what I do at least. What I'll say briefly is, you know, I'm very grateful that Grant brought the idea to me first. You know, um, I and it was mentioned earlier, right? I've struggled decent amount with health on um, on campus, and luckily I had a network of people that could get me the resources that I need. But in the case that I didn't have, that I would have really been stranded. You know, um, so in terms of my compass story, briefly, like yes, one part of it was just the merit of the idea, and I resonated with that 100%, as Grant just mentioned. But I think the other big thing is the, you know, it's the human capital of this group that really wanted me to work 10 times harder for compass. Um, obviously we have a million things going on. All of us were we're in college, we have this, we have that to worry about. Um, you know, you can definitely make excuses for not for prioritizing certain things over the over others and, and not prioritizing things at all. Um, but it's really the respect I have for the other, you know, other people on this call um that really made me want to um kind of go all in on compass. So th I think that's just one thing that, you know, it would I would be sad if I didn't get to mention that on this podcast, which is that there there are two aspects of this, right? There's the there's the idea itself, but you know, you can have the you can have a trillion dollar idea, but if you don't like the people that you're working with and if it's you know if you're not motivated by them and you don't have that just that you know unwavering amount of respect for them you know it's is it really worth it at the end of the day so I, I would say that's that's something that I need to kind of emphasize as for my specific role um I think I see myself a lot as like a support function so you know we have obviously the product um but you know we need to, we need to market that right so I, I I try and help out with that I try and help out with um, promoting our idea um I also given my background I've gotten more into the engineering side of things um so I'm starting to work on 
certain programs that help better our search functionality, for example. Um, but I think a lot of what I do is I um, support the build effort of, of the product and I make sure that it's as well known as possible. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's hard to, to provide a specific description of a role, just given how new this idea is. Anybody who's worked in a small environment knows the number of hats that you got to wear to get anything done. Um, you know, I think the majority of my work is non-technical at the moment. Um, in the next week, I, I imagine that's going to change. I think the majority of my work will be technical in the, in the next week or so. Um, so it's hard to put a finger on it. Um, but at the end of the day, right, I think if I could say what I am, it's kind of the, I, I like to think that I'm kind of the, you know, um, helping the operation go along in some way or the other. Yeah, it's funny. I think one of the like the last final things we did to the website before we kind of made it live was made a team page, um, which like we were like, didn't really, you know, care too much about because we were like focused on just the product, right? But, you know, but we're like, wait, people probably want to like know that there's like faces, actual human beings behind this product, right? Um, and like when we were thinking about like the roles to put for each of us, we're like, what the heck do we put, right? Because <laughs> like, like, you know, we have like general specialties, I guess, but like week by week, we are doing things completely different, you know, um, and it's kind of, you know, on this collective goal to, you know, build the product to be as best it can be and kind of like serve as many students as it can, right? Um, so, you know, I think that's just one of the, you know, funny quirks about a very, very early, you know, startup or product, right? Um, is not only does no one have like a very defined role, right? Usually you're kind of working together to kind of, you know, cover each other's stuff. I mean, kind of, you know, do what needs to be done week by week. Um, but also, again, I, I think like with an early team, it's so important that you trust each other, right? Um, you know, I see a lot of instances of like, you know, people starting their own, you know, companies or startups or businesses um, where, you know, they really are not that close or don't, they don't really know their founding team, right? They don't know the people that they're working with. Well, they just need an engineer, for example, to do what needs to be done, right? And, you know, I, I feel like you're missing a huge kind of, you know, a huge thing there when you don't really trust the people you're working with, right? I, I think you probably, if I don't, if I'm remembering correctly, um, there's this company that always puts out surveys to startups every year and they found like the number one reason for startups failing was because founders disagree with each other right um and i, I think that's again why kishore and i you know at least made a, a really good team from the very beginning um because we always trusted each other you know we're not afraid to disagree with each other it doesn't mean you have to not disagree right and everything has to be perfect all the time um you know but when we do disagree we trust each other enough to where okay you know we're disagreeing not because we hate each other but because we, again we want this to be the best it can be right um, so I think for all the students out there, hopefully listening to this, you know, definitely keep that in mind when you hopefully want to start your own businesses, right? It's a great piece of advice for, yeah, for starting any big initiative or product or business that the team is such a crucial element. And I've, I've learned that I think both from really great teams and teams that aren't necessarily in that mold. And so it's such an important lesson to understand that when you do a big venture, it has to be done with the right people in mind. And I'm glad from everything I've heard from you three that that really seems to be the case. And that's really awesome. Yeah. And again, you definitely have to have a great idea. Don't get me wrong, but like a lot of of, you know, venture capital firms these days, for example, are more looking at the people on the team than the product itself, right? Because they know, like, if they don't want the product to fail, right, you know, but they know if it does fail, you know, they're still supporting like a very awesome team that can work together that can, you know, think creatively. Um, and stuff like that, right? So just, again, something to keep in mind. I'll hammer that again. But um, Aparna, I'll, I'll let you go. We, we kind of, what, what is your kind of role in Compass? Because I think you've probably had the most variety of things you've done. Yeah, well, quickly echoing off of what you just said, Grant, I think um, because we've all have like different backgrounds, one of my favorite things about being in Compass has been learning from everyone here. And I mentioned earlier, like I wanted to maybe do some kind of technical um, background with like, you know, engineering or data science or something like that. And um, now I don't really have that major, but still feel like I'm getting a lot out of it from working with Kishore and Grant. So that's been um, something really cool at Compass. Um, but as far as like my role, I have kind of done several different things, but I joined like last, probably around a year ago now, um, and but mostly collecting a lot of the data that we've been putting into the platform of like with the resources and everything. Um, and then a shifted a little bit to like doing some of the user testing to get feedback for like the first versions of our platform. And now shifting back again to doing some of the data collection for like feedback that we're getting, um, as people mentioned, you know, th maybe things to add or change um, from the platform. So kind 
kind of doing a variety of different things. But I think the main thing about Compass has definitely been um, the fact that, like, I guess I too also had a similar experience of like trying to struggle finding healthcare on campus. And I ended up going home two weeks um, because I just didn't know what to do um, on campus when I was sick. And so now I feel like there's some sort of a solution out there. And, you know, if I had gone back and told myself sophomore year, beginning of that year, you know, I would have had something else to do instead of just going home. So that's definitely been a couple thoughts right there. Certainly. Yeah, that's really cool. It is cool that you guys all kind of can go back and tell your past selves who were dealing with these healthcare issues like, hey, like we did something about this and, and we made a solution to it. And I think that's a really special thing to get to go and do. I think we've really touched on it a lot, but I am just really curious, like on truly like a broad perspective, like what do you think the really big importance is of having like college students having healthcare access, especially as they're kind of entering into the world, I think for the first time outside of, you know, like kind of really having to navigate a lot of things on their own. I think from a public health perspective, and Aparna can definitely talk about this with her background too, um, you know, college is the one time where we are eating, playing, studying, working, sleeping in the same geographic location, right? Um, and I, I think from like a healthcare intervention standpoint, there's a lot of opportunity there, right? You know, college is definitely a pivotal time of your life, right? And a lot of college students develop like lifelong healthcare habits during this like arbitrary four to five year period, right? Um, so the why college students part, you know, that's definitely kind of, you know, one of our drivers. And, you know, that is our, you know, key background as well. And, you know, kind of we've been through it firsthand. And again, I think that's a huge kind of value add of our platform um, is that it's made with the student in mind, you know. Um, now, why do we need to have this central repository? I touched on it a little bit, um, but, you know, kind of the main thing, and I learned this at this conference too, I just went to this week, the main thing that any type of patient, especially college students though, the main thing that they value in any healthcare experience is time. The time that it takes to register, the time it takes to find a provider. Um, you know, that they want that time factor to be as low as possible. And if you give them product A and product B, even if one product is better than the other, if it takes longer to get what they want, they're going to go with the other product, right? You know, I think the, you know, the landscape of healthcare, again, especially with college students, is changing, right? You know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't value having like a lifelong relationship with a primary care provider anymore, for example, right? They would rather be able to immediately within five minutes get access access to a doctor on their cell phone, right? Um, and so that's kind of why we think it's important to have the central repository, right? Because if we can limit the time it takes for students to make a decision of where to find care, if we can route them to the best type of care for them, you know, as quickly as possible, then they're more likely to go out and seek it and utilize this care, right? Um, and, you know, that just leads to, you know, also them being able to kind of carry these healthcare finding habits into the future, right? And kind of learn to, you know, again, go through this process of finding care. And it might be a little harder once they leave college because they might not have compass, but, um, you know, they'll still kind of have that skill set of, okay, well, I'm going to really think about, you know, what I value in a healthcare provider. Because again, this is really important, right? Um, so that's a little bit about why I think it's important. Keish, I saw you were about to speak. Sure. I, I, Grant, you touched upon a lot of things that I was going to bring up. I, the, the main thing, I think, is like, you know, when you come from high school to college, you're put in a new environment. You're expected to act as a, you know, functioning adult, responsible adult. There's also this thing about having more freedom, um, you know, but there are certain things that are not taught. You know, you probably see a lot of memes on TikTok or wherever about, oh, like no one taught me how to do my taxes. Nobody taught me how to do this. Nobody taught me how to do that. Um, but whatever. The, what is it? The mitochondria has the powerhouse of the cell, right? So, so you kind of, I'm, I'm trivializing it, but it's, I think it's a fair point, which is, you know, there hasn't really been, at least from my standpoint, and I think a lot of my friends share a similar experience, but that education of figuring out how to find care and knowing kind of what to prioritize and where to look and how not to get overwhelmed during the process. I mean, yeah, you're, you're physically, you're already at a compromised state, and then you're going to have to do this very critical thing of finding care. Like it's not going to be easy. It's obviously going to take some practice to do. Um, And you haven't necessarily been taught how to do that previously because because, you know, you've been under the, for most people, you know, under the protection of their parents, maybe the parents are helping them find a doctor. Um, So, you know, for the first time you're, you're alone and maybe doing laundry is hard enough, but there are no tools at the moment that help students navigate this process. Um, And, you know, the least that we can do is, you know, healthcare is a very 
personal thing, but the least that we can do is at least provide a framework um, of just information where, you know, everyone who goes to Michigan is incredibly intelligent and they're going to be able to make the right set of decisions if they have the correct information. So it's not, it's kind of about asking the right questions and knowing, you know, which information to prioritize. And that's what Compass is all about. Um, So I think that's the big thing, you know, um, sure. Like, obviously you're, you're always going to need um some level of, of help from other people. Like that's not, you know, it's not to say that we're trying to replace that. Um, But students are told to be independent. They're meant to be independent, yet there's no support in this one area. And I think that's why it's so important. And I think one thing I want to touch on too, is that there's also, I think, a lot of value in having a centralized database like healthcare from an institutional perspective, right? If you think like from the perspective of, you know, university administrators, right? Um, I talked about it like a minute ago, but again, what we kind of saw with students from the get-go of starting Compass is that, okay, the really the only places that people realistically go to care is, you know, CAPS, Counseling and Psychological Services, UHS, where you go get those physical needs taken care of and some of the psychological needs, urgent care down the street, at least for me, it's on Packard, uh, which always has a very long wait, but again, still, you can usually get something same day, right? Um, and then finally, you know, usually just not seeking care at all, right? Which is the most common thing that college students do, which is very sad for me to see, right? I've done it myself. Um, and, you know, with conversation with administrators, we've kind of, you know, validated this. You know, I think they realize that this is an issue as well. Um, and, you know, kind of what's happening with all these students going to these catch-all resources, you know, they're all missing out on the opportunity to take advantage of maybe lesser known but better fitting resources. Um, like resource navigators, for example, through the Office of Student Life. Um, these are, you know, living, breathing human beings whose job it is to make sure you kind of get routed to the care you need, right? Um, you know, there's wellness coaches as well, um, which isn't exactly a therapist, but again, it's something Michigan provides to kind of help you lead a healthier lifestyle, whether you want to figure out a nutritional plan um, or get on a better sleep schedule, you know, they'll kind of help you craft a personal plan yourself, right? Um, and I feel like a lot of these resources, you know, that are lesser known are preventative and would prevent you from having to eventually go to CAPS or UHS or urgent care, right? Um, so that's the other kind of factor there. So in terms of like, again, from an institutional perspective, you know, I think be allowing students to be able to discover these resources, these lesser known resources more easily allows them to be utilized more, right? Um, and kind of get more bang for your buck in terms of what you're spending on these resources, right? So again, kind of, that's kind of what we've been looking at through the lens of not only does this help students, but it, again, it also helps administrators in the institution whose, again, his sole mission is to kind of help the students, you know, navigate college in a really healthy way. And also, well, quickly, just expanding a little bit on the grant's point on the preventative aspect of care and like tying that in with the public health perspective. Um, one of the big things that Compass does is it helps like reduce some of the barriers to getting care in the first place. One of those factors being like the amount of time and steps you have to take to figure out what care you need. And so if students have more understanding of like finding care a lot easier, they're more likely to actually go use it um, in a preventative um, method instead of just like waiting until you actually absolutely have to find care and then, you know, struggling and scrambling at the last minute. And so it's definitely much more of a preventative approach that allows students to be more proactive than reactive to their care. Absolutely. I would. Yeah, I completely agree. So one one thing that's important that Grant brought up, and I really want to emphasize this a little bit more, which is you can also look at it from a portfolio management standpoint, which is the university spends millions of dollars every year on countless resources. Um, can, you know, maybe for like the large ones, the well-established ones, it's pretty clear to see what the return is. Um, but for some of the smaller resources, you know, it, it may be a little bit harder to figure out what that ROI is, you know, and, and on, um, on a specific resource that the university funds. So, you know, the university has more than a hundred resources on campus to help students out as to, you know, are they all being utilized right? Are they all being um, effective? You know, would it make sense to consolidate some of these resources? Those are questions that, you know, a portfolio manager could ask. And I think Compass is a start in helping aggregate some of that information um, to help make those decisions at a higher level. Um, so I think this is the beauty of Compass, which is that at right now, it's a product really for the student. Um, but in the future, there's a potential for having enough information and enough, I guess, intelligence on this platform where we can help in influence in a positive way uh, decisions that are made about Michigan's student healthcare ecosystem um, based on student fed data and student sentiment. So 
instead of seeing it from a purely financial standpoint or just a, you know, we're just going to write this off. We're going to have a hundred resources and hope for the best. Um, or we're just going to, you know, if, if, if a department needs more money, we'll just provide it to them and maybe we'll take some money from someone else. So instead of having that kind of, I think, not growth mindset attitude when it comes to funding these resources, you can have enough information on this platform um, to be a little bit more critical in your decision making. So I think that's like in terms of future or in terms of, you know, how I see this benefiting people outside of students. Um, I think we're, we're kind of sitting on a on like a golden egg here. Absolutely. I, I want to hammer in that in that whole thing about future. I think you tie really well into my next question, which is kind of if you want to talk about the current state of Compass and, and I guess a little bit more into those hopes of the future, what you're doing. And I know, Grant, you talked about it at the start a little bit, like what you're doing now to maybe kind of ensure Compass's longevity. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I can talk about it from a product standpoint first. Um, where Compass now, quite literally, you know, allows you to search by any query and kind of get a, you know, a batch of results for resources that would be best for what you're searching for, right? And you can filter down those results a little bit. We also have each resource that's kind of displayed in a card format, you know, with tags that easily surface, you know, things that students care about when trying to seek out a resource, right? Um, and I think what we have now is already enormously better um, than kind of, you know, manually filtering through a bunch of different university websites or, you know, the current university offering, um, you know, for some kind of, you know, they have a, they'll have a web page that's just filled with a bunch of links, right? And not really a lot of contacts behind those links. You know, I think what we have now is already a lot better than that. That being said, I still think it can always be better, right? And that's what we're constantly thinking of. Um, and I think into the future from a product standpoint, you know, we want to, you know, guide the user even more to kind of recommendations, um, you know, or kind of, you know, suggestions for where they should seek care, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of ways this could look, right? And kind of we're actively thinking about it. But, you know, I think, you know, again, making sure, you know, you know, when the student starts seeking care, you know, we reduce the amount of time it takes them to kind of, you know, figure out the best places to go, right? Um, and again, we're kind of thinking about a lot of ways to do that. And I think that's what, you know, a future new product on the platform will look like is, you know, a different way to kind of surface these results, right? And kind of, you know, refine the results that you're getting. Um, in terms of like, you know, ensuring Compass's longevity, you know, maybe I can like Keish talk a little bit more on this, um, you know, but I, I think the the broader goal we have here um, is to make sure that this is available for free to students, right? We never plan on charging students anything, right? Um, and making sure it's available to as many students as possible for as long as possible, right? Um, and Keish, maybe you can talk a little more about like, you know, the specific strategy we have here. Sure. So I'll, I'll be brief. Um, you know, I think it's two things, free and fresh, where we need to make sure that this data is accessible and our platform is accessible. Great user interface, blah, blah, blah. Um, not Sorry, not to trivialize. I shouldn't use the word blah, blah, blah. But you get my <laughs> point, right? Like, like what, what I'm saying is we have a lot of value. We want to make sure that value is accessible to students. We don't want to jeopardize that in any sort of way. Um, so that's number one. But the second thing is that, you know, to be fully transparent with you, um, Carter, there's there's a shelf life to the data that's on our platform right now because things are liable to change. Um, in five years time, you know, frankly, I don't think any of us can really predict what changes are going to happen um, to our data, you know, uh, may, from something as simple to like, say, uh, you know, the name or the location of a of a resource changes to uh, the creation of a new resource. Maybe there's there are more telehealth options, things like this. So we need to figure out a way to kind of make that, um, you know, a little bit more permanent. Right now, it's a it's a pretty manual effort um, to get the data on the platform. We need to figure out, I think, some more intelligent ways to to keep things up to date. Um, but then from a longevity standpoint, without getting too much into the weeds, um, I, you know, I think that we need to make sure that this product remains affiliated with the University of Michigan in some way or the other. Uh, Grant and I are going to be alums very soon. And the alumni affiliation, in my humble opinion, and maybe the others on this uh, podcast can disagree with me, but I don't think that's necessarily strong enough um, to really make sure that our, um, our brand is as strong as it can be. Um, so I, I think that we're going to have to figure out some other way to create an affiliation with the university um, outside of the fact that, yeah, we, you know, we come to some football games as alumni and 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 have the UMich email. I don't think that's it. So I think, you know, without revealing too much and without getting too much into the weeds, um, those are the conversations that we're starting to have now in terms of longevity, which is, you know, how do we make sure that this product um, is able to maintain fresh data? Um, the free aspect is relatively straightforward because, you know, we have to make a conscious decision to to change that right now. Um, but the unknown and what we're trying to figure out right now is, is really how do we, um, you know, get a more permanent and a more robust affiliation with the university in some way or the other. Yeah. And kind of to touch on that a little 
little more, right? You know, there's two big reasons that we've always wanted to collaborate with the university in some way, right? The first is that, you know, working directly with the university directly increases the quality of the platform, I think, right? You know, I think the data we've collected already, we've done a lot. It's been a labor of love to make sure that it's as accurate as possible, as detailed as possible, right? And accurately represents what the resource offers to students, right? But again, Keish talks about the shelf life where, you know, the data becomes stale, right? Um, you know, and it's just not very maintainable at scale for us to kind of go back every month or two and kind of manually check for changes, right? And I think, you know, the best thing that we can do is engage the resource owners directly, right, on a consistent basis to make sure that their resource is being, you know, kind of advertised in a sense, um, the way that they want it to be shown to students, right? Um, and, you know, I think that's always the most responsible thing too. Um, and I, I think collaborating with the university directly will allow us to do that, right? And again, the second part is kind of making sure it's able to stay, you know, in the Michigan realm for as long as possible and help students, right? And I, I think that's the second way, you know, I think a collaboration, you know, would help Compass directly kind of help Compass help students um, is again, you know, the university would be able to, you know, um, show that this is affiliated directly. People would be able to trust it um, because it's affiliated with the university. Um, and again, I think it would just be able to stick around for a lot longer, right? Which is kind of the overarching goal, you know, at least that Keish and I had um, when we started this. Um, you know, we, you know, we'd love to, you know, work on a little project um, and, you know, release it to the world and see how everyone likes it, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, we really wanted to stick around and be a lasting kind of, you know, contributor to the community, right? Um, so again, I think those are kind of the two ways, you know, that we've, the two reasons mainly that we've always wanted to work with the university in some fashion. Absolutely. Those are, it makes complete sense. And I really hope, hope and wish the best for it. For the future of Compass, I know it's such a great initiative and I'm hopeful and I think confident that it will have a life that lasts long beyond, I think, anybody's time here at school, which is really exciting. Now, I'm really curious for all three of you, do you have a, like, one of the toughest moments that you can think of when you're creating Compass and also maybe one of the most rewarding ones? Oh, this is a good question. Let me think. There were quite a few tough moments in the early days, I think. You know, I, I think when one of my favorite quotes relating to startups, of course, I don't remember who said it it was probably just a tweet to be honest which is not that sophisticated but like someone compared starting a startup to walking on hot coals while chewing on glass staring into the abyss of the universe and it honestly kind of agreed with it because I feel like for, you know, the first three quarters of us working on Compass, you know, we had a general idea of how, you know, useful it would be. You know, we had a lot of faith in the product, but we kind of felt like we were flying in the dark a little bit, right? Um, and then for that final quarter as we, you know, started getting user testing interviews and getting really good feedback from students. Um, you know, I think that's when we realized, okay, this actually, you know, we felt a little validated and kind of, you know, the core assumptions we made into making this product, right? Um, so that kind of, that's on a macro level of how I felt, right? And in the last like month or two has been really rewarding, especially, you know, kind of being able to release it and see people actually use it and see utility in it, right? Um, to single out a toughest moment, that's tough. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I think one of the toughest moments that I that I had, and probably maybe Kish, I might be stealing Kishore's answer, hopefully not, but um, you know, when one of the big parts of the platform that we've also been working on is a method for you know resource owners to directly edit the data, right? And the idea of what we wanted, you know, is to allow resource owners to log into like a Compass profile um, and to view all the resources they're attached to and be able to edit the data directly, right? And we wanted to do this so that the data can be as accurate as it can be, right? And so we can engage the university even more, right? And, you know, one of the first kind of resource owners that we met with, um, you know, we kind of, you know, showed them this idea, um, you know, you know, he loved the, you know, the core platform, right? And then we kind of showed him the idea about, okay, as an administrator, you can log in and like edit the data. And um, he was very blunt in saying that, you know, listen, Grant, he said, I remember this. He's like, the university will never, ever, ever do this unless you have the rubber stamp of their, you know, affiliation, right? You And no resource owner, no resource owner will ever be able to edit their data because they need to check with the university first. And, you know, this is an external platform, right? 
And at that point, I was like, oh, my Lord, like I've I've like made, you know, wrong judgment calls before, but we committed a lot of resources towards this strategy specifically. And, you know, in a span of like 15 seconds, he had completely like crushed that idea. And I was talking to Kishore afterwards. I was like, I have never been more off base, probably with any business related thing in my entire life. Right. I mean, that's kind of when we had to, you know, rejigger our strategy a little bit. Right. Um, and figure out, OK, we might not be able to engage them directly. Right. But how can we engage them? indirectly to make sure this day is accurate, right? Um, so th that was, sorry, that was a long lead up to that one, but um, was definitely like a learning moment for us. And I, I think the most rewarding part um, was, I'm trying to think, there was this, I think like shortly after we launched Compass, which was like a month ago, you know, someone, you know, one of my friends, you know, I was talking with, I hadn't actually talked to them in a while. And, you know, we'd all, we'd all gotten, you know, the, the formal, you know, congratulations from people, right? Oh, this is so cool, right? You know, the, everything looks super good, but the most, you know, rewarding, you know, piece of, you know, you know, kind of praise that I got was this is so useful. Like there's actual utility in this and I am going to use this. And I think that was the best compliment I had ever gotten. Right. Um, Cause it's nice to make something shiny and new. Right. But I think the core of what I wanted is for it to be useful for students. Right. And that was like a very re rewarding thing to hear. So that was definitely like toughest moment and, you know, most rewarding moment for me. Sorry. I just took up, you know, probably a lot of that time. I, I want to hear from um, Keisha and Parno though. Sure. Um, yes. You, you did steal my well i think i have two toughest oh, moments you know um one of them is one of them's a product and product based and yes that one where we had this meeting and he says yeah kids you know good product however i mean we're not going to touch this with a barge pole unless it's university affiliated for liability reasons and i was like oh shoot yeah. probably should have thought of that um you know also these these resources aren't necessarily super interested in getting all this you know all this marketing um to the same extent maybe it's not the number one priority for them um so you know what's the incentive for them to to go out of their way to put information on our platform plus the liability aspect it just you know it just opened up my eyes to a different way of thinking um that you know i i didn't imagine these resources to think like this you know their their objectives are very different um so yeah that was that was pretty tough um i think in terms of rewarding moment yeah uh releasing it to the public and and the reception of it i think that was super validating. Obviously, we've done enough background research and we've done a bunch of one-on-one -on -one user interviews uh, to validate the product at kind of a, um, you know, at kind of an academic level, if you want to say that, but actually releasing it in public and hearing people's uh, what overwhelmingly positive criticism, um, you know, all, all, all good compliments. And that, that's probably been the most rewarding thing. And then on a non-product difficult thing, I would say it's like, um, you know, and I mentioned this earlier and, and Grant knows this about me, but I'm, I'm all about responsibility, 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 right? So it's like, at the end of the day, there are a million things that all of us can do um, on campus. And some things we need to just simply prioritize over others. You know, some people like you, Carter, go out of their way to make podcasts um, when other people maybe do do other things. Um, so there were definitely times where, where I was quite overwhelmed with my work and realized that, hey, I need to make sure that I'm honest with everyone on the team about what I'm going to try and prioritize, right? And time after time, the beautiful thing was that that answer happened to be Compass. And, you know, I've stayed from that angle i've stayed quote unquote faithful right i've made sure to make this a priority um you know but of course there are times where it's tough where you have a bunch of exams like i'm a dual degree engineering student um i have a bunch of other stuff going on in my life where it's like hey man you know this is not necessarily like like should i really be prioritizing this right now and the answer in my gut was always yes um but the amount of gut checks that i had to go through i think was at some times really tough um but the biggest gut check was this was this darn conversation we had with the administrator about how you know our whole profile method that I I don't know I, like I think Grant and I can split the responsibility on that one like we we were at I think Argus talking about this idea and we're like you know what this is gonna be great it's gonna be like a social media platform we're gonna get these guys onboarded they're gonna have like they're gonna own their piece there's gonna be ownership involved the minute there's ownership involved like people get excited about the product no zero out of ten that that conversation destroyed <laughs> it all um so that was very demoralizing but at the same time it taught us how to get hit and keep moving forward yeah. because Compass is still out there and the information on there is pretty pristine um so you know we figured out how to pivot even though like the carpet was literally yanked underneath our feet. Yeah, and I think I have similar thoughts as to what Grant and Kishore already shared. But I think another angle, I guess, at looking at a challenge was like, because Compass is a very centralized platform and we have resources from a variety of different areas of the university in one area, trying to find maybe exactly the home for Compass so like where exactly it would stay was definitely a challenge that we kind of asked ourselves and had a lot of conversations and, you know, received rejections from and then had to like re rethink um, exactly our strategies. Definitely been a challenge, especially, you know, we're trying to like navigate the problem of a decentralized system, which is a problem that Compass is trying to solve in the first place. So that's, that's been um, 
uh, definitely a challenge, I would say, but it's also been really interesting to see all the ideas that we've been coming up with of trying to re-strategize and the successes of that as well. Um, and I also would echo that I think releasing the platform and getting to see everyone's feedback has definitely been the most rewarding to see like all the hard work that we put in. Um, actually, you know, people actually finding it useful has definitely been amazing. I'm so glad. I've loved listening to all the things you've said about Compass. I kind of forgot that I had to host this podcast and was just engrossed in all this conversation, everything you had to say. So it's such an amazing platform and it's such a useful platform. And I am truly so excited to see where it goes and where all of you are going. Now, with the little time we have left, I'd love to ask a couple kind of more rapid fire fun questions. I love asking everybody here on the show. And I will just start off with um, what is the most impactful piece of advice that somebody ever gave to you? I got it. Um, take take your work seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Um, and I think that allows you to have humility. That allows you not to, you know, in, in the uh, Gen Z English, it allows you not to tweak. Um, I, I just think it's a good way to live life. And you, and you produce stellar work and, you know, you you, you get the job done and you're, you're able to be super creative. Um, so I think that's kind of the one of the many secret sauces to life. Uh, best piece of advice that I got from my dad, at least, um, was do things that scare the SHIT out of you. Um, you know, I, I think like coming to Michigan was, you know, a little scary for me because I went to a very small high school, right? Um, you know, launching this like baby of a product out into the public for it to be judged, criticized, potentially, it was also absolutely terrifying, right? Um, you know, but it, it's been worth it, right? Because I think it's helping people a lot. Um, and it's helped me grow a lot too, you know, so do things that scare you. Um, and I think for me, it's like you're the average of all the people that you surround yourself with. So um, prioritizing surrounding yourself with a diverse group of people that are different than you has definitely been something that I've taken to heart. I love all three pieces of advice. I think they all kind of have a great like intersection with each other too. So that's all wonderful tips for sure. Now, I, I love building a little like basically a music playlist out of this podcast of like school survival songs. And I'm curious if any of you have a song you'd like to add that basically got you through a period of school. I'm horrible at remembering song names. So I'm looking through my playlist right now. Oh, what got me through COVID? I'm trying to look. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm big into salsa music. Um, So there's a song called Lloraras uh, by Oscar de Leon. Um, and it's like the lyrics are objectively sad, but it's a everyone dances to the song. It's a I think it's a happy song. Um, so I would say that one, you know, it's a, it's a classic. You go to any salsa party, they'll play it. And yeah, I would just listen to that, you know, every now and then it would cheer me up. Mine's that. a very different answer, but also would have the same effect on me, right? I'm a very big, like, techno and electronic music fan. Um, so, like, One More Time by Daft Punk was, like, a key staple for me, at least during COVID, too, when I needed to be motivated to do, like, one more exam or one more homework assignment. <laughs> uh, but also is a fun song, right? But It is, it is. I mean, I'd say maybe Dusa. It's, like, a Spanish song with Carol G and Nicki Minaj. That was, like, right before COVID <laughs> hit. Like, I got into it. So that was, like, the COVID song, I'd say, for me. That's really fun. Now, I love hearing everybody's song choices and how everybody's is so different and it's such a fun thing to to have and to hear uh i'll for the last question of the interview i'd love to ask all of you what would you tell your freshman self in high school and your first year selves in college oh gosh you got some good rapid fire questions freshman year in high school i would tell myself no one cares about where you go to college they just care what you do with it right um and i i feel like again it's a very classic you know at least i i when i got to high school like my sights were immediately set on college right um so you know and I, I think that's the case with a lot of other students who go to Michigan because we're all very high achieving, you know, former high school students. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that advice I give my high school self. Advice I give my freshman college self. Oh, my. Um, I think I, I it, it kind of echoes Keisha's initial advice, which is like, you know, do not take yourself seriously. Right. You know, I feel like I very much got wrapped up in my work, like my freshman and sophomore years at Michigan to the point that it like affected my well-being. Right. Um, you know, and I think reminding myself, I would have reminded myself that, you know, my freshman yourself that it's not that serious <laughs> and that you do need to like enjoy life and go you know, touch grass, um, you know, go to like a basketball game on a Wednesday, right? You know, like really have fun. Cause like at the end of the day, like if you're working this hard, but have nothing to, you know, what are you working for? You kind of have to remind yourself, right? Um, so definitely advice I give my freshman year or college self as well. Yeah, those are really great pieces of advice. I love, I love both of those. I think it's very important. I definitely feel, and I think everybody here on this call, yeah, being a U of M feels that like very early in high school, the college pressure was definitely real. Like it, it was all like self-induced college pressure. Oh yeah. But it was just, it was there. There and it is strong for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'd say I also have something similar for like um, high school is like be open to having new experiences because I never would have thought that I'd be doing the things I'm doing now back then. So like not stressing about it would be something I'd tell myself. Um, and then for my freshman year of college, I'd say don't be afraid to ask for help. And I think that ties into Compass as well of like yeah. knowing when you need help and being okay with asking for it when you need it. It absolutely does. The synergy is on point. <laughs> 
Kishore, do you have anything that you've thought of? Yeah, it's like it's actually kind of conflicting pieces of advice. <laughs> oh, great, love that. <laughs> but it makes sense because I mean, you grow, right? In, in high school, you grow. Um, high school, there was always this pressure to be, um, you know, just unnecessarily rebellious, those types of things. And I think that a lot of that was unproductive. And I think most people, at least in the U.S., who you know go to high school in the U.S., experience that. A lot of time kind of gets, I think, some more or less wasted in in individuality and and, and soul searching. And I think that's it's important to an extent. But my advice would have been, you know, like. Um, don't be afraid to just choose what you're passionate about and just pursue that um, and kind of make that your your mission as opposed to, you know, um, like, uh, again, there, there's some there's there are entire movie genres on, on teen angst. Right. So so I think <laughs> I don't need to, like, you know, belabor this point. Um, so that would be my advice in, in high school. And I think my advice in college would be, you know, don't don't forget who you are and and, and where you came from and, and what you're in it for. I think I, I don't know why this is. I'm sure it happens at many colleges, but I, I've just learned that Michigan um, that a lot of people uh get into this some sort of tempo some sort of rhythm and there's unlike high school there's the pressure to conform i mean main, main point is you know don't don't forget what you're passionate about uh be bold you know don't don't worry about needing to conform of course you know if if everyone's going in one direction and you're going in the other direction like you better have a pretty good reason to do that you know so like listen to your friends but at the same time you know um if you find something interesting then then pursue that relentlessly and, and i think things will things will happen for you um my my interests are very unique as are grants and i, I think that if we weren't bold, then we wouldn't be able to materialize much at all. We would, you know, I think we would be content, um, but I don't think we would be truly happy. So I, I think that's the biggest thing, which is, you know, don't don't forget who you are. We're all, I, I, I apologize for, you know, for using these types of words, but, you know, we're all very capable of some badass stuff, um, you know, but we, we might we might forget that from time to time um, when we get roped into the daily uh, swing of things, you know, um, and when when people try and, or, or, you know, when either courses or some, some event comes and tries to beat us down, we we kind of forget we forget to put things into perspective so i i would say that's that you know just you know be true to yourself be unapologetic about who you are and what your interests are um and don't you know if a lane doesn't fit you you know find another lane or, or you know break down the lane don't don't become smaller and try and fit it Amazing. Those are all truly wonderful pieces of advice, and I appreciate hearing all of them. The The final, final, final question I have to ask all of you is, do you have anything to plug and share and promote? Of course, there's Compass, but is there anything else you'd like to, to share? Ooh, that's a good question also. I, I would say check out Blueprints. You know, all, all three of us were involved or are involved in that organization. Blueprints for Pangeas is, I mean, it's it's kind of shocking to see, to think that college students are, are providing that much impact um, to the world. Um, You know, it's, it's truly a high-performing organization. I mean that. Um, so, so, you know, we can provide you some of the copy for, for that. We can provide you the link, maybe some people to talk to at Michigan. But, you know, I'm sure that a lot, a lot of people are listening to this podcast and Blueprints for Pangea has locations across the country. Um, So it's, you know, it's obviously as there's a Michigan focus and it's headquartered here, but there there's definitely a presence, um, you know, in, in our country. So definitely, definitely, definitely take a look at that. Yeah. And, and to give some color to what Kishore is talking about in terms of impact that Blueprints has um, over its lifetime, students and Blueprints have sent $6 million worth of supplies overseas to places in need like million with a capital m which is unbelievable right um and again it's kind of scary looking back that i you know indirectly had that much responsibility right um but again that is what college is about you know is is you know kind of getting into these real world situations and making a big impact right so again can't plug and praise blueprints enough i echo everything they just said <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> yeah incredible i know i i had not heard about it until we started this call but i will have to go check out blueprints so that seems like such a cool organization so that's amazing now thank you thank you thank you to all three of you for coming on today it has been a joy and a pleasure to talk to all of you it was kind of like the moment i heard about compass and the moment i saw this i was like i gotta talk to these people and and i think kishore from the first time i met you i'm like okay this man is built for a podcast of some capacity like I, like I need to like take all of the wisdom that you kind of just like spout out all of the time and at least put a little bit of it on some kind of record so and that goes for all three of you after this call like it's so great to to hear from all of you as i said like I kind of was just like engaged so much in like everything that you were talking about that I forgot that I also have like a job to do here and <laughs> and have to ask questions. I was just like, this is amazing. So thank you so much. I cannot sing any more of your praises. Thank you to the listener for listening to this episode. I hope you found it as interesting and informative as I did. I'm sure you did. So until next time, I've been Carter Dvorak. That has been Kishore, Grant, and Aparna. Do you have any other final words before we head out of here? Yes, just thank you for your time, Carter. Um, we really appreciate it. And the pleasure has been has been ours on this podcast. I mean, you know, my, my goodness, how much fun is it to talk about something that we're so passionate about? You know, I rarely get that opportunity to do that. Um, so, so thank you for, you know, for making this Friday. I think one of the better Fridays of 
of the year, honestly. Yeah, no, agree with everything Shara has to say. Thank you so much, Carter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's my favorite thing in the world to hear people talk about the things they're passionate about. It's kind of why it's kind of my whole thing. So I love it so much. Now, listener, if you want to find our show and engage with it more, first, totally go engage with Compass. Totally look at all of the links we have for them in the description here. Once you're done doing that, if you want to check us out, our Instagram is at StucoPod and our email is StucoPod at gmail.com. Those are big ways to reach out if you have guest suggestions or recommendations or anything else you want to share. Totally hit us on all those platforms. Wishing you the best of luck and the best of times in all of your educational endeavors. Student Council is adjourned. Thank you.